It's on. I'm, <laughs> I'm linked in. Freaking locked in right now. My avatar tentacle is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inside of the, of the goo coffin with the, the cage over me, ready to go. I'm in the computer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another monthly episode of Movies That Whip. I'm Goo here with Adriel once again. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing so well. Um, I got to meet Goo in person w- once, oh, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah. I got to see how We're tall you are. we friends. Yeah, taller yeah. than me, but as advertised, you know. You said that about me, and I was like, I hope that's good. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> No, it's good. You don't want any freaky surprises, you know? Like everyone's just as cool as I as I, I thought they would be. So that that was awesome. Yeah, that's I I would say uh the feelings mutual. I was like Hell it was yeah. a pleasure to uh to meet you and also to re meet <laughs> hang out with again uh some of our other old pals, Andy, Corey. I guess you got to meet them for the first time too, but for me, I've seen these uh, knuckleheads clowns <laughs> but it no I, it's like one of the best times of the year is seeing those guys they're so yeah cool. I, I have such like warm fond memories I feel like I like went to summer camp you know mm-hmm. even though I never I never went to summer camp as a kid but this is what I imagine it would feel like like oh man I hope I get to go again next year because that was so fun at lake well, wherever whatever lake I never did that go. actually <laughs> yeah me neither me neither but um it sounds like it probably was fun or you know maybe it was like really traumatic for some people I don't know about as close as I got to summer camp was watching uh the parent trap with Lindsay Lohan yes. and that looked pretty traumatizing <laughs> look out for that episode coming up next <laughs> all right so we're here today to talk about James Cameron's 2009 movie Avatar. Woo. Woo. <laughs> and so <laughs> this was one, you know, we've we've said before we're all going into these like, you know, some of them we were were guessing, you know, we're hoping. And I think this was one that we were kind of going into this where um obviously like the sequel's coming out this year, so it was like it'd be kind of cool to like rewatch it and then you know be ready for that if if you mm-hmm. want to go see it. But we also kind of were thinking like, uh, it's been a long time since either of us had really seen it. And over the past few years, there's been a lot of discussion about the movie and everything. And I think we both were coming into it from, I was like ready. I think I was like pretty ready to enjoy it. And I think you were more skeptical, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I was, I was definitely skeptical. I, I only saw it one time and that was in the movie theater uh, when it came out. Um, and I, I saw it, like, with my mom and my grandma and, like, a family friend and my friend from high school and another guy, like, a big group of us. And we were all sitting kind of separately. It was so packed in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, the days before you could pick your seat ahead of time. Yeah, um, yeah. So we just, like, wandered in and we all sat in, like, pairs a- around the movie theater. Um and it was a really fun like viewing experience. Everybody was super psyched, but I um, I remember just being like, "Well, that was cool." I don't know. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I, I felt pretty neutral about it. Um, and since it's been kind of, uh, in my mind, kind of Disney-fied, you know, um, and in my mind, it was sort of co-opted by Disney in our cultural mm. memory. I was a little bit uh, skeptical of the movie when uh, going into watching it, but but my mind was changed. Okay, so you ha- you did have a good time. I had a much better time than I thought I was going to have. That's I, that's wonderful. Okay, because I, I, if you want to be <laughs> honest and say you didn't like it. That's fine. No, too. I will be honest about the parts that I did did not like. I mean, there were certain. Listen, if there were there were certain parts of it that I wish were different, um, certain plot elements, certain certain things about like the the general like vibe and aesthetic. You know, there's certain things that I I think that like if I was in charge, I would have changed it. Um, but I was I was super pleasantly surprised. I re- I re- I remembered the feeling of like being in you know in the third act of the movie in the movie theater and being like this fucking rocks like this is so oh, awesome. awesome yeah i was like uh like yesterday like sitting on my couch like on truly like mo- flailing my arms around like <laughs> get the thing get get the thing, <laughs> the thing. you know <laughs> like like really yeah. stoked about whatever was happening so i was uh i i had a great time much better than i <laughs> than i thought i kind of I don't like to go into movies wanting to not like them. No, no, absolutely. That sucks. Not. That sucks. But um, I, I was thinking, oh man, this is going to be so like lame. But it's, I, it wasn't. I like saw it also back in the theaters. My friend Warren actually was like, he's like, you gotta come see this. Uh, I'll buy your ticket, and if you don't like it, I'll pay you back. <laughs> and, oh my god. Um, at the time I was like pretty I was I was like pretty impressed by it like just visually and everything. Um I was like kind of at I was 19 or 18 at the time and I was kind of like at the height of my like at this point I was like I like not edgy but like I don't know like <laughs> too cool for school type thing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I was like I didn't tell I didn't make him pay me for it but i was like yeah yeah it was cool it was cool you know but i i didn't really want to like it you know and then uh i've talked about that before with like that era of time uh, for me of like like disregarding a lot of movies like from that era and and i think that happened like culturally too like i i feel like this is like one of the last like uh um big blockbuster like earnest movies you know because this is yeah. right when, like sort of like the mcu starting up and stuff like that you know right. and and i think like that combined with like all the different like think pieces about it and like yeah for years there's all this discourse about how it's made no cultural impact and all this stuff that it sort of gave me like in my younger teen or my later teen years, uh, like it, permission to like just disregard it afterwards. You know, I, I've never been yep. like super down on it, but like just sort of like, oh, I, I sort of forgot it. I, I sort of like in that era of time, I was like more into like, I remember the same year like uh, Inglorious Bastards came out, which yeah, is not a movie I, was, I really I was like, way, but way more into that. <laughs> I think I felt like at the time, because I, I had only like, a few years before seeing like Pulp Fiction 
And I was getting to movies like that, which are, you know, not necessarily these big, like, action blockbusters like James Cameron does. And I think I was sort of like, um, yeah, like, I was sort of feeling like all of these are, are bad. <laughs> and now, <laughs> I think just as, you know, over the past, like, my actual adult life, like, you know, kind of going back and, like, getting, revisiting these type of movies, it's like, oh, no, like like these don't these don't all have to be bad <laughs> and it's a shame that you know there are so many bad ones because there is certainly a uh an art to this type of movie as well yeah i mean i wonder if i'll look back and like someday get into like marvel movies and be like <laughs> i was wrong i jilted mm. the marvel movies out of my affection <laughs> but i don't know i mean it's possible i guess cuz I mean, but I didn't, like, dislike, I didn't have this, like, manufactured dislike for Avatar in the way that I feel like I have for the MCU, but, mm -hmm. um, and, like, I'm not trying to hate, I guess, well, obviously I'm hating on it, but I think I've got plenty of friends who love it, I think it's cool, I'm glad that people like it, you know, um, but it's just, it's, it's not for me, and yeah. so I, I wonder if, you know, at some point I'll, it, that will turn around. <laughs> I do see the too cool for school thing a lot with, and I am like, I sometimes like feel like, God, am I doing this? You know, when I complain about some, one of those movies where at the same time, it's like, it's, it's really not about like, like, I don't want to think I'm above this. It's more of like, mm -hmm. um, like the reason I try to stop myself from going on and on about them often is that it's like like we're really wasting our time like being grouchy about you know <laughs> bad movies <laughs> you know what I mean it's so true it's so true like and I was I, I felt I felt that way when I was um when I was watching Avatar like I remember a couple of years ago my friend's kid who's like 12 or whatever was starting to watch the beginning of it and my mom was like in the room and it's the part when Sigourney we it's right at the beginning she she comes out of her goo pod <laughs> amazing introduction yeah and then it's like what's wrong with this picture hand me my cigarettes <laughs> which I of course like love so much and my mom is like oh yeah right she's a scientist like she would smoke <laughs> and like and then I so like re-watching this I was like oh god am I like gonna turn into my mom and be like yeah right like that would ever happen <laughs> like no it's scientist based on has a, ever on a smoked. true story that yeah. is true <laughs> Karen Munger, everyone. <laughs> oh, what was her username? Oh, um, I think it was Adriel's mom. Oh, I thought there was like oh, it was, oh, some it was um, no, it was pigs. Spice Pigs. Spice, Spice Pigs. pigs. <laughs> Shout out to Spice Pigs. <laughs> yeah, that's her. Um, who is a scientist, by the way, and that's why she's she. Oh. I feel like when I watch movies where there are. Uh, not just science fiction, but like where there are scientists in the films, which of which there are many in science fiction. Um, I feel like uh, if I've ever seen them with her, she like points out all of the reasons that it's like uh, stupid, <laughs> not even necessarily wrong. Cause that would be a, a waste of time, mm -hmm. but she's like, Oh yeah. Right. Like that would be, you know, <laughs> like, uh -huh. she's always kind of um, like, like making fun of, of how like not realistic it is, which I just think is sort of silly, but, um, but maybe I'm turning into her sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> no, it happens. It definitely happens. And sometimes that stuff is legit. Like it, well, it is just like, 
I don't know, maybe your mileage varies depending on the person, but I think sometimes that can be like a hindrance, whereas other times I think people are just trying too hard, you know, to find Mm -hmm. something to not like, (laughs) for sure. That's true. And also science is such a, like, uh, the the vision of the scientist, right? That's like such a big part of like our our entertainment and like our storytelling very different than what like I'm an editor and so when I watch mm-hmm. movies that there's an editor in and I'm like sweet <laughs> that's cool because <laughs> they are not that the, editing is sort of absent from our cultural significance <laughs> yeah <laughs> so right, I sure. think that it's a little different for for something like that though I don't I don't know what people would say about this movie like I think every movie like you know, I was watching the special features for it and they, uh, you know, you have people talking about all the things that go into it. And sometimes people are talking about that in, in movies and you can tell that they're just blowing smoke. Like they're trying to make it seem like they did a whole lot more work than like they really did. But like, I was pretty convinced like reading about, um, like for like one of the bits I found on Wikipedia was that, the set designers of the film and Sigourney Weaver uh, met with um, a professor of plant physiology uh, and like they learned about it says here different methods used by botanists to study and sample plants and they like be through that they were coming up with ways to explain the connection on Pandora like that all the organisms are like connected you know via this sort of uh tree or science or whatever you know it's not just some like metaphorical connection but it's like a real literal thing and there's a lot of stuff like that like or like designing the landscapes they like sent people to like real places to like you know actually go and check this stuff out so this is one that feels like they actually did their homework and you sort of you should expect that i feel like from a james cameron Mm -hmm. movie yeah, absolutely. It seems like there was, like, one, a lot of, like, method acting. Like, um, it seemed maybe not traditional, because especially it can't really be method acting when they're wearing, like, these insane, like, s- compute, what are, what are they called? Motion capture, like, mm-hmm. outfits, rigs that they have to wear. Um, but, like, Michelle Rodriguez was saying that she, like, you know, took, uh, that she flew in helicopters and like tried to fly a helicopter to be able to know how to do it like it seems like everyone was just like stoked to like uh be immersed in this in this movie uh and they probably i mean i assume that they probably had the resources to do it too which is awesome yeah it just it it feels like rrr where it's like it just feels expensive you know yes which is which is i think because what we can talk about all the technology that went into this and stuff and watching the making of it and stuff, you you could see that it it is like because I think comp- people complain about like CG and and like stuff like that ruining movies, and I don't think it's actually that. I think it's how it's being utilized, and um, you see Cameron in like the way. Um, well, I'll just bring it up now, but one of the things they uh developed was this sort of uh virtual camera system where he's you know, he has, like, a monitor almost that's showing, like, kind of a rough thing of how it's supposed to look, you know, whereas, like, I feel like the thing people talk about now with a lot of these movies is, like, they sort of direct some dialogue, they're standing in a room, and then, like, they just kind of throw it to, you know, Mm -hmm. someone else, some underpaid, (laughs) poor sap, you know, 
who's got to, like, pump out this stuff. And there's no actual directing. Whereas, like, he developed this technology. um, Like, he uses it along with directing. You know what I mean? He uses it to also still direct the movie. Or same thing with, like... Like, none of this is... It's, like, not a replacement for anything. And, like, that... I think that show is also just in the visuals. Because a lot... There's a lot of movies now that look, or they they are very expensive, but they do not look it. And part of it is probably because of that time crunch. But the other part is, I think you have someone who just like really know, like not just him, but obviously it's a collaborative effort. But like people who know how like good um, fo- photographs are captured, like the literal cinematography. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you see a lot yeah. now of like. Who says X movie? I don't want to get into talking about Marvel movies again, but you know, who says <laughs> this doesn't have good cinematography and it looks like just like cool desktop wallpaper type thing, which people have said about <laughs> this. But here, like the shot to shot, it's actually like these, you know, beautiful, stark images. Like it looks amazing and expensive. And it's, I think you like, it's because it's like people who actually really care and like have been doing this since before this technology they developed it around like what we know and obviously it can push things further but like having that that um legacy behind it is also partially i think what makes it great yeah totally i mean they um it they at least the the mythology around this movie is like well, we do know that he like wrote it in the 90s and then like waited and waited until the technology was available and and feasible. Like yes. the movie is about the technology. Like it's not like hiding behind it, you know. It's no, not it's a hiding meta, actually. Yeah, yeah. And like I I I don't know if this is true, but the the story about the why it's taken so long for the sequel is that like oh he wanted to do all this stuff underwater because he's like a psychopath who like loves the ocean <laughs> he loves and it yeah he wanted to 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 develop this like underwater motion capture thing that was like totally um totally revolutionary and like whatever and that's why it took so long which i uh i i i saw the the preview as we, most of us have for the second one and I was like, this looks cool. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, it, it looks pretty awesome. But I, I guess I don't know. I, I feel like I sometimes don't. To me, it's just like, that's a cool looking computer uh, animation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I feel like I, I don't have a trained eye. Although I did watch like a quick YouTube of someone like comparing the graphics of the first one and the second <laughs> one just based on the trailer. And what this person was saying, I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is like speaking a whole nother language of like, look at all these layers. Look at these textures. Look at how this is different. Mm-hmm. It's, like, yeah. It, and it does really like, look at the it's details, so much more different. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more different. And so it is him to like, it is cool too. Cause it's like, I mean, there's other people working. They, they talked about this, the real reality camera, I think is this other thing of like having, two cameras to create the depth perception so then they can you know get the 3d Mm. and stuff and the virtual camera system was the other one and and this is talking about how like this is like something that like he helped create you know what i mean and that's that's why like i feel like i both like i kind of like partially hate this movie because like a lot of what has been come of it has just not really been utilized by anyone so passionately Mm -hmm. i feel like yeah 
Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, it seems like, and this is this is related. The, uh, I mean, it's somewhat related. I think that like the way the way that they um, had like tons and tons of ca- like cameras like on the actors while they were while they were performing and ta- doing all the takes like. It, it shows in how the character models like are designed and are animated. Like it really looks like their faces, but not in a creepy way to me at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I feel like I, I do, as I mentioned, I don't have a terribly discerning eye, but I definitely <laughs> feel uncanny Valley very acutely, you know, you as we all it. do. Okay. <laughs> no, but I well, didn't, I didn't feel it in this okay, movie. Yeah, I didn't I feel saying, it at all. It felt like even, even when, if you watch the behind the scenes, they show like, some of the early tests for it. Even that, yeah. I was like, yeah, it looks computer generated, like more so than this, but it, that even didn't really feel like it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, they did a really good job, and I don't know what they did or wh- how it happened or, or why other computer animation, like, is so bad. <laughs> uh, mm. But, like, this is, mm. like, you know, I play a lot of video games and, humans in video games like cannot ever Mm. ever look right and i don't know why that is when on the other hand we have avatar where like these crazy blue ass aliens look just like sigourney weaver and she looks cool and it looks just like her you know (laughs) like and like so much so that like there are even parts where i can't remember the actor's name but she plays like the the mother the spiritual leader alien uh yes yes that was uh Moat. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, she's well. There's like this. The whole movie's like genocidal, and there's mm-hmm. like when the they're like being attacked, and like the tree falls, and everyone's like perishing. There's like a shot that's like clearly like just her reaction, like as an actor, where she's like screaming in agony, mm-hmm. and they like animated exactly the way that her face was. Um, and it's, it's crazy because it's not at all what you would like, like you could Mm. never just do that. You, you would have to have like an actor playing the, like, like acting it out. Like, so it, it doesn't feel like these are replacements for actors, you know, just, it feels like it's, it's like, it's enhancing the performance, you know, it's just doing something new with it. Yeah. And I think you can credit to like, yeah, the attention to detail. I can't claim like no one was like crunched on this or anything but you know you just hear these stories about how now it's just like they toss it off to someone yeah. it's like all right good luck you know this was seeing so credit to that i think maybe i don't know whether that happened but just that passion that i mentioned of cameron cameron's obviously but also i mean it massive budget and um the a lot of the visual effects were developed by weta digital who oh yeah, the Lord of the Rings Lord guys. Of the Rings and yeah, they Hell yeah. they were another I mean another person though who's like passionate about like pushing technology forward. They were they were founded in the 90s and did a few uh pre Lord of the Rings uh Peter Jackson movies as well and then this was nice. you know from there. It's like yeah, so you can you know there's a lot of um what do you call it? Uh pedigree <laughs> going into this for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I was watching it, I I didn't I didn't wonder, I didn't even consider if it was the same uh, production company or or visual effects or whatever um, as Lord of the Rings, but it def it has that kind of scale and it feels authentic in this way that mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings also did, um, which is interesting because Lord of the Rings like has 
such a big like body of of work and words and history behind it that avatar you know does it so um i i clocked that as i was watching it just like wow this feels like a really lived in world and like yes. a, a a society that they really uh that they really like fleshed out that was i mean that's another thing i again people always say this about stuff but they had you know uh like a a linguist create their language and like they studied all these different cultures and they were like you know they tried to like create something new but they wanted it to feel real um you know you, you they say this about everything but they developed you know a thousand words and one thing i thought was funny is on the wikipedia they mentioned with so, about 30 added by cameron <laughs> so like <laughs> i don't know it does though add to the idea of like i i do feel like this is a movie where like even though obviously movies are these huge collaborative efforts, you do feel like, you know, the touch of Cameron on there. Totally. Totally. For I sure. feel like we're going to feel it way more in the second one where it's all uh, like going to not all underwater, but so much of it is. I mean, I'm, I just I, I don't know oh, what yeah, movie this is shit. about, but I heard or I, re- I definitely read it someplace because I saw pictures and it was just like actors talking about how traumatized they were in like various James Cameron movies because he just like forced them to be underwater and simulate drowning. The Abyss. (laughs) The Abyss and also Titanic Titanic. I think. Yeah well sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're drowning you're gonna Mm -hmm. die you're gonna have hypothermia and die here. (laughs) So like um yeah and like I, I I guess I don't know if that's uh a good work practice or not, but it sounds kind of fun. <laughs> At, like to, I don't Splashing know, fun, but yeah, it sounds like hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna be in James Cameron movie, you might as well like you're not gonna die. You know, you're not gonna die. <laughs> so, no, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised at the lack of water in this film, just knowing that about him. We hadn't gotten there yet, you know. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, this was actually like they were supposed to like. I think the original release date they wanted for it was like 1999 and he was supposed to start doing it like right after uh Titanic but um obviously he just felt like it wasn't possible and he is credited the things he is credited as a director, writer, producer and co-editor um huh I don't know is it do we do we even need to say like are you a fan of uh James Cameron? Yeah, am I a fan of James Cameron? That feels like a well, not everyone does, but it feels like a like, hey, do you like the Beatles? <laughs> type yeah, question, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I also like. I guess I wouldn't necessarily call myself like a fan, but I like all his movies, so I guess I am. <laughs> I mean, yes. and he sort of like has a, a, like a bit of a reputation of of being like kind of a psycho and like kind of an asshole. Is that right, or did I make that up? I've not really ever heard anything about him being like an asshole, but he he just does seem like a I don't know. Every time I see him, he's wearing like those Fox BMX shirts or whatever, and he's obsessed with <laughs> yeah. like going to the bottom of the ocean. I think there was one thing once where where did I hear this on some podcast or something? They said like, uh, he he had to like miss a family event for something. Uh, because, because he had to like go work on something important or whatever. And like the quote he said was like, he's like, I can't remember his exact quote. I like, this is bad for a podcast, but he says something like, (laughs) I'm like one of three people who can do this. 
<laughs> and so it's like maybe that's a, a dick thing but he's also kind of right like i don't know yeah no, no one really has the the juice anymore and i was sort of right. saying to you that i feel like he just might be like the last person who will have like power over a movie and i guess we'll see the next movie you know because this was made this is a 20th century fox movie but that's of course now owned by disney so i guess we'll kind of see like you know we've seen other people been uh absorbed <laughs> will he be absorbed? yeah yeah and like not only is it like owned no. by disney but they i think that the the odds are stacked against him because like there's that whole like pandora area at animal kingdom and disney world like it like Di- avatar is now like part of disney's brand um mm-hmm. and so i think that but and that was another thing is that watching this movie like pretty pretty like like right away i was like this is not a disney movie like this is not a disney movie at all like mm. um just it it felt overtly like sexual in some ways there was a part when the the evil the evil guy the evil jar <laughs> was his name it was the guy it was the guy's name it doesn't matter he's the evil guy bc or like no, the, he, the the military dude the military dude yeah. the <laughs> Yeah, the colonel, whoever he is. But he, he was says, played by Stephen Lang, actually. Who's Stephen Lang. An awesome... Uh, he's he's in a lot of cool stuff. I, I do like him. He's He was perfect. I loved him he so was much. He like a classic. Uh, like, that's one thing, like, I feel like um, James Cameron movies, uh, like, are really good at, like, feeling, like, larger than life and giving you these, like, crazy memorable characters who like are somehow both feel very real but also like they're jumping out of some uh and he he references some of his uh influences for this but like a lot of his movies feel like these traditional like adventure you know these huge larger than life characters and even yeah uh the colonel here like really felt like that and just the design and everything like uh, he's yeah. he was so good. I loved like every time he was on screen. I hated him so bad, and <clears> I, <throat> but I was also like, I was like, kind of had a crush on him. I don't know. Maybe that's Whoa. just me. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, look at this guy. Anyway, not there's Disney, a part. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Disney, and there's a part where he says limp dick scientists like mm-hmm. 20, 10 minutes 20 minutes into the movie and i was like oh dang like that would not be in a disney movie so much so that i like went i like replayed it and put the captions on just to see if that's what he said uh-huh. when when and like smoking. what else yeah the smoking that, that might not be there won't be any smoking in the next one though <sighs> i fucking should be but um and then there's also a part where he says like like I mean, the, 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 like, genocidal elements are, like, so hardcore mm-hmm. in this movie. Like, there's a part when he's, like, he says, he's, like, rallying the troops, and he's, like, we will blast a hole into their racial memory so deep that oh, they'll never God. come back here. And I was, like, oh, my God. Another time That's that I had to go back, and I was, like, did he just say racial memory? I was, like, mm-hmm. fuck. Um, but like, I, I, so like, I can't see that being in a fucking Disney movie. Right. When those were the things about the movie that I, I liked so much and thought had, well, not that I liked that, but you know, I, I liked that. I felt like it had heart and grit in a way that like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I think that it still may, 
But, you know, I, I and I, of course, I wanted to go further. I was saying this to you that my only hot take on the movie that I told you about was I really was like, why are there no nipples in this movie? Because mm, I am sick yeah. of the artful, the artful shots of like, oh, her hair is over her nipple. I'm like, clearly uh-huh. there are nipples all over this <clears throat> dang place and no one is showing them. And like, yeah. they're not even sexualized. It doesn't like, it, or as my mother would say, cause she's a scientist, she'd be like, why do they even have nipples if, unless they breastfeed? So maybe they don't even have nipples and that would not be a problem. <laughs> so, but yeah. like, I, it and was I, like that kind of thing where I was like, come on, like, let's just, let's just either get rid of the nipples or have alien nipples. Like stop like pretending that we need to be like prudent about this. You know, I think that's sort of Cameron, especially cause I think that literally would make it not a PG 13 movie anymore. And sure. I've heard similar criticisms people have of like, uh, which is it's like this is considered one of the greatest movies ever. But I've heard people say, you know, Terminator 2, they, how he he took this like really gritty kind of cutting edge movie and he made it into a family movie. You know, he, he put a kid in it and they're and they're goofing around. And, you yeah, know, it's it's like it's like and it's more hopeful and and like just a more of a fist pumping movie as opposed right. to this really uh more hard-edged movie but i think i think personally he thrives better as doing uh like a a four family movie where he can also weave in these deeper elements that but that's how i feel interesting. about it i guess interesting I never thought about that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, would it's you similar say that... to the idea of like, like how how I feel like I used to when I was like nineteen. I would think like, you know, blockbusters just uh, in general, um, you know, they you just can't get anything out of it. Whereas I feel like no, there are like there are people who like that is their specialty and like that's what they that's the type of awesome movies they make. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, would you say that Titanic? I guess that Titanic is similar. I mean, it's a huge crowd pleaser, you know, even though yeah, there I mean, are parts of it that are like horribly kids. sad, but it's not not for kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not like it but you could that watch has like it as a kid <laughs> scene of nudity that is like that's that's what I mean like his type of thing is like that's one where it's like um something that like oh maybe when the parents are watching it with their kids they're like oh whoops you know but it's like one where it's like he almost like snuck that in because that's like a lot of kids like our age i know they talk about like it's the first time they saw boobs or whatever yeah. <laughs> in titanic yeah and yeah it's true i think he's good at writing that line though i do th- like the first terminator is fucking awesome uh so i don't know i but i i just think he's good at everything he does for the most part so (laughs) yeah i mean i can't push it this is again like you can't force the movie to be something that it's not right i mean Mm -hmm. of course but even even just as like the viewer to me it's like no it's no fun to be like like really mad that there are no nipples i won't force my nipple Mm -hmm. agenda but but you i feel like there's also you know you could have you could have avoided this entirely by just avoiding boobs. I don't know. Like there's something mm. like it just felt obvious over and over again. I was like, oh, how are they going to hide the boob in this shot? You know, well, <laughs> like, what is this okay. silliness? <laughs> okay. So here's something that I think fits into like he's 
I I think he's seeing these movies not just to and and some people I I you could criticize this, but he's he's like not just as like he does want to like make these sort of stances, but he also realizes there's like um there's some chords you got to pull with people to like for for a large audience to sort of like to like get them you know to hook them. And one element he talked about was like we designed all these aliens, but the real thing he really cared about was uh, if they were attractive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. And he's yeah. And I I I think he's mostly referring to uh, Zoe Saldana in this, but I think you can kind of apply that to all of them. But I think that was like part of his idea was like, um, you know, they they want they he's like we we need a believable you know like attraction you know and i think it's like so they got to look kind of like us but also kind of unique you know um, right. they can't just be like slugs or something which would also be <laughs> awesome that see that's an example of i think that would be a cooler movie but like <laughs> but like they did a good job with do you with think this. it'd be a cooler movie if they were all slugs <laughs> yeah like if they go like that's a star trek type thing like you fall, like they go on and like he falls in love with this awful slug slug yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, yes, I could play, and the slug is full of nipples. Um, <laughs> this, this is my kind of movie. Um, no, it's true, though. I mean, like, and, like, you cut, you want to, like, be them, right? Like, they're so cool. They're, like, 11 feet tall. You, like, want to be one of these freaky aliens. And, and, and they kind of look like us. You know, they're supposed to be, like, yeah, maybe a familiarity. But they got to have, they got to have tits and ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, I also feel like they easily could have had six legs because everything else had six. Everything else did. Yeah, see, maybe everything that would have been a six, line too far. A line, a bridge too six far. Six hogs. They could, I was going to say they could have had two butts, four, <laughs> four cheeks, four butt cheeks. Come on. Yeah, see, you're not. <laughs> six this six in, um, nipples. <laughs> this isn't, uh, what's what's the movie? Total Recall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So okay. Well, right. You can't. Yeah. So I guess like I, I something that I, f- I feel like part of why Disney, it's so attractive to Disney is like what you're saying is like he's good at making these like, hits that mm-hmm. all kinds of people would like. Like they're it's a pretty simple plot. Like the and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but I mean like, the you know. The characters are engaging. It's like a simple story. It's like a love story, but also like about identity and, you know, there's like more complicated plot elements and thematic elements. And it's, you know, it's like darker, a little edgy, but it's still like, it's still accessible. Um, and it's not too naughty. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's I probably feel- why Disney loved it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like he's good enough at it of where he can he can both get it done and also have like like the unique quirks in and like the earnestness. But um, I definitely can also see him like (laughs) questioning himself, like like, you know what I mean? Like making a movie that's like uh, unapologetically, um, I guess, like anti-colonial is kind of cool, but also one that's like unapologetically earnest not really worried about being like you know like too cringy like how people you know like i feel like post we got that post like prequels and matrix and stuff uh you know like now if we have to be silly we have to point it out 
I feel mm-hmm. like he's not afraid of doing that, though I feel like I see him questioning himself because he removed the tail sex scene. That I was just going to say, I want the tail sex scene back. But that's not... That's not even a Disney thing. That they did that before. Like I think that was only theatrical, and I, but I think I it, think it was too. Yeah, was like too many people made fun of it, and they're like, I don't know if that was a, like his decision or maybe twentieth century Fox decision, but um, some people probably have no idea what we're talking about right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, there they, is a there is a sex scene basically. If you haven't seen Avatar, and it is in the movie, but it's. In it, they have their little, like, tails, and their tails are interesting because they're not just sexual. Like, they are, like, meant, like, you can connect to, like, your animal with them, and, like, you can connect to this tree of memories with them, blah, blah, blah. And you, there's, like, this little, these little glowing tendrils that come out, and they wrap around whatever you're trying to connect with, and... In this scene, they wrap their tails around each other's little tendrils, and then they make out and talk about mating for life, and it's a sex scene. But the only part that they took out was, like, a four-second, like, shot of them being, like, we are mated for life, and then they, like, wrap their tails around each other, right? That's what that's yes. what's gone. Yeah, and I Which feel like- I think is bizarre. If you're going to take it out, why, ha- why have the whole... You know, like maybe they couldn't take the whole scene out because it's kind of integral to the plot. It is, I think. Yeah. But I think they were it takes away, I feel like a little bit. I think they were worried about like because they also use it to like connect with animals, which is like, yeah, one that's silly. Like you use all kinds of things on your body for multiple types of acts. Right. But um. But also, there is something, I don't know, there's something about it, like, the seed when he uh, connects with, like, the the one the creature, like, and he feels it breathing and everything. It is, like, yeah. there, there, there is something, like, powerful to it. I, um, but I think maybe they're, like, worried, does that cross the line? <laughs> does that seem like yeah. bestiality? Well, it, I don't know. It also, I mean, like, I, there's the, the part where he's, like, trying to get on a, dra- a flying dragon thing and, like... He, it has to choose him and whatever. And it's like, he's like forcibly connecting his freaky tail to the dragon. And it's like a little bit uncomfortable, especially like because it's also used in the sex scene. You know what I mean? It like kind of mm-hmm. feels assaulty in this creepy way because like just because of that context. Um, because it's like, you have to connect with the thing, you know, in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like, so I think that. Well, I thought that makes it even like that. It makes it a little like. Like, it doesn't go down as easy, but that actually even makes that kind of easy to, like, or interesting, too, you know, because you think about, mm-hmm. like, relationship with animals that humanity has and how we can connect with them, but also how we, you know, kind of dominate them. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yes. That kind of works, even though this is weird for the hero, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like <laughs> it can have, it can have the implied things about it. I don't know. Totally. And like, there are things about like, part of what I like about that weird tail thing is like, it's throughout the movie. I mean, it's the first time it's introduced in the movie. It's like right after he's an avatar and he's looking at it. And then Sigourney Weaver is like, don't touch that. You'll go blind. And so that's yes. obviously a sex as like a, like a masturbation reference, obviously. Yeah. So why'd <laughs> and, they keep that? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Why did they keep that part? I guess like because it's really subtle and like maybe people won't mm. get to catch it. But they, I obviously clocked it immediately. <laughs> I think there wasn't much. I don't know if this is a camera decision. I think there was just like they knew everyone laughed at that part in the theaters. Everyone made fun of it. I think I probably even made fun of it. And they were just like, cut that part. You know, they didn't think about the yeah. greater context, you know. It feels just reactionary. It's like, is is the tail sex scene the monster Sonic of Avatar? I mean, like, is it just like <laughs> they didn't want it in there because people made fun of it? I mean, I, I granted, like, I remember that scene vividly in, in the theater. And I was with someone who, my like, my cousin who's much younger than me. And I was, like, sitting there feeling so uncomfortable, like, next to this, like, eight-year-old child. And... I also heard my grandmother like at the at the back end of the theater going, oh, "Is that really necessary?" <laughs> like, in the middle of this scene. So like, yeah, everybody was like, "This is bizarre and just silly. Like it's just silly and and cringy, you know." Um, so that's probably why they took it out. Because I think they they should I, keep it because I I feel I like, think they should keep it. I think the movie already does do this, but I like like what I like about. A movie like this is you can get a bunch of people in the door, but then you can you could still like challenge them a little bit. You know what I mean? And that's I mean, the main story of this kind of does that for sure. Yeah. And I liked that. I Part of one thing that I liked is unlike the nipples, <laughs> the tail thing and it's like relationship to like sexuality and like bodies and connection and stuff is like it's multifaceted and it has it's it's very different from how we think of sexuality like in the united states uh and we don't like it's it's not overt but it's not shamed and it's like about like connection but also about like dominance in this way and it's about like accessing like a deeper you know power to like not Mm -hmm. only other you know other beings but parts of the planet i mean there's like it has like all of these like uh, implications and I think that having it in I think that it not being in the sex scene is kind of is like a little bit odd and it like it it cheapens it you know it just because then the next scene they have to talk about being mated for life like that's a big deal that's part of the plot that she like mated with this guy for life and mm-hmm. it doesn't really make any sense without the without the tail <laughs> well I guess you can just be like it's just like they you know they boned they made it and it's like a life bond. sure <laughs> it's but just less convincing I, less convincing I think it, me all right <laughs> when you say it like that i think that it is uh i just i miss it i want it and i don't think that this is a this is not a nipple thing because the nipple thing i was annoyed about because i was like oh god would they really have an issue with nipples on pandora no but this thing, I just feel like this was already part of the movie. Put it back in there, but they never will, and you should just YouTube it instead. I rest my case. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I 100% agree. Um, yeah. I don't know much we'll actually talk about the plot or whatever of the movie, um, because the next... Uh, I, just watch it. If you, if, you, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. <laughs> we'll talk about more elements, but the main thing I prepared... I would. I did prepare. I didn't get as much time with the notes to like, I usually will type out my own thing. And this, I took, a. I just took a lot of really interesting things I found on Wikipedia, um, mainly about under the section that was about inspirations. Because, and I mm. wanted to just tell you all of these things I found cool. and just see what you think about each. Uh, I would love that. I think it makes a lot of sense, but it's also like insane at the same time. <laughs> um, so anyway, 
first bit of detail I have is that he he actually first wrote uh an some an eighty page treatment for this in ninety four, <clears throat> and wow. his quote on his inspiration for this treatment was he was drawing inspiration from every single science fiction book he had read in his childhood as well as adventure novels uh by we'll talk more about the adventure novels but i love that quote of uh and and we'll talk about more outside of science fiction novels but he's like this was inspired by everything i ever read as a kid <laughs> you know yeah i, <laughs> I love, love it that. i love it and that's that does what like that's what i mean speaking to it as like this big all-encompassing blockbuster and like a lot of people will talk more about some of the other uh, inspirations or comparisons people make are, you know, and people use that to disparage the movie. Like, oh, it's just another uh, uh, whatever. It's like, well, no, it's it is it is like that's part of the point. You know what I mean? This is like the mm-hmm. story, but like brought into a new world. And it has it has this like m- more explicit anti-colonial sort of pitch to it, too. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do wish that I knew more of exactly what <laughs> what the reference, like what it was influenced by. But I think that we'll get to it. But oh, I, I, I like that I he's, he's just like it's based on everything and get into it. <laughs> he and he, it seems like he loves to keep mentioning things or people will be like, "This is familiar to this," and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, exactly." <laughs> <laughs> he's, That's awesome. He's just making like this movie is like every it's every movie. Um, but he also acknowledged Avatar shares themes with the films, a play in the fields of the Lord, the Emerald Forest, and Princess Mononoke, which features huh. clashes between cultures and civilization. And one people always, I think people always bring up Dances with Wolves to kind of disparage it because I think there's people like don't really like that movie or whatever. They talk about like kind of like a white savior type movie, and yeah. this one gets thrown in the yeah. conversation. Um. But I, I don't know. I actually don't feel that with this movie at all. But um, I don't know if that's something we can talk about more with the story. But that's certainly an element of this that people talk about that or Pocahontas, you know. Yeah, people do chuckle. I mean, I I definitely see that and feel that. Um, but there's and, and in fairness, like I haven't um, I haven't seen Dances with Wolves and mm-hmm. I or just I think it came out like a little too I was too young for it and then just didn't care and heard it was bad or something. Mm-hmm. Um but I do like it giving the plot credit, um, and not to say that it's not white saviory because I, I do think it, it kind of is, but there's it's it's um it's it's that but it's equally like a a um indictment of of people and of whiteness and of yeah. humanity so i don't think that it's because like even the they don't need to be saved right like it's a it's more of like a re- no they're fine actually yeah because that's like I, uh, a big part of those movies is like that they're actually like like the guy shows up and he like shows them how to be better but this is about him learning to be one of them you know and and yeah like he, exactly he becomes very important to them because he has a lot of uh important information about the enemy and you know yeah like um what do you call that like a sort of like a perspective or like he knows certain things about them but Mm -hmm. it's not like he doesn't become like the best one of them you know he just becomes one of them you know 
Right, and he... It's not like uh, guy shows up and is their god or whatever. They actually, like, hate him at first. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. And he's not... Re- it's not really redemptive at all. Like, the... it, It's not redemptive of the sky people, a.k.a. humans. And it's not... It, it, it's in some no, ways, like, no. he just feels like he has to... He realizes that, like, the sky people are fucked <laughs> and that he wants to try to like help do basically like damage control of what they've done to Pandora. Um, so I, I don't think that it's, it's, it's not a, as simple as it just being like a white savior thing. Although like the way that the plot works is like, he is like the main character who goes in and like fixes a problem, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, albeit one that is caused by his, like his people. But it is I can I can see how because like that's just the way that the plot works, right? It's about mm-hmm. like him trying to fix the problem. So I, I think that yeah. like some of those are, are certainly like valid. Um, but I also think that it's not he they the whole plot is about how humans are like got got to get out of here. Like that right. we have like, like royally even- royally fucked up our own planet and are fucking up everyone else's too even the well-intentioned characters in this, like the scientists, like they have to know that they're aiding this and like they, they get to be, be redeemed. I think all of them actually turn against the empire, but the movie, you know, posits that like you, you know what I will say like part of like the biggest thing I, I can sort of understand about that is saying like, and this speaks again to like, I guess like who he thinks he's making it for. And it probably also like, a little bit of himself, you know, and, and I think that's sort of it a little bit is that it like for some people, it gets to be a um, wish fulfillment. But And I could the biggest thing I could say, like, see is if someone was saying like, you know, well, we don't need like another movie from this perspective. Um, But I, I actually think this is a better version of that movie than those some of the other types that people knock it against um, because of the way it spins certain things. But I can sort of see if right. someone was like, you know, why why is this guy, you know, in there at all? And part of it, I think, is, yeah, maybe it's maybe that's not white savior, but, like, sort of this, like, it does give some people, like, they can watch it and sort of feel good about it a little bit. But, um... Yeah. Well, and it's I will also, say, like, that's there's a better, this, like... That's a better impulse, though, I think, for people to want to have that is, like, you know what? If it came down to it, I would lay my life on the line to destroy America. Um, even though Cameron says yeah. this isn't anti-American, but like that's I think uh-huh. that's a better impulse for people for like white people to watch and want to have than just like uh, you know <laughs> I don't want to mention the movies, but you know ones yeah. where it's like the villain is the anti-colonial person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's actually about how like. Like, if we had a super uh, mechanized, weaponized security state, uh, whatever, that that they called all the shots and ran the world, it's fine as long as they're, like, good guys, you know? Yeah, exactly. 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 It's like this, it's obviously, like, such a bigger critique. I mean, this is also why I don't like when uh, people, like, kind of, like, lauded it as, like, a... um, like an environmentalist like t- movie that like is you know uh, a rallying cry about like environmentalism cuz like i don't think it's about that in fact i don't i mean 
it is in some ways, but it's also about like fucking genocide, you know, yeah. like, and I, I do think that well, I like, think, I think it's again, about both. Like it's, we're, we're, yeah. we're doing one so that we can do the other. And for what, you know, like why, why are yeah. we're like basically doing this genocide to obtain all, all of this, you know, well, they, they talk about in the movie, like, um, Jake Sully's was in, he fought in, uh, this is in the near future and he's an ex Marine who lost his legs fighting a war in Venezuela, a place that we mostly hear about because it has oil, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, definitely there's some bit of it's, it's like. I don't think those two things are separate. Like, I, I think there is an yeah. environmental aspect to it, especially what they talk about. Part of it is about being disconnected from nature. A lot of Cameron's movies are about that, of, like, like technology, um, like, allowing us to lose, like, and the way we utilize it, you know, like, disconnecting us from our humanity or whatever, our nature. I think that's a little right. bit in there. But obviously, the big thing about it is yeah the genocide element <laughs> yeah but it's genocide for resource extraction right like that's what it's about mm-hmm. it's not even really about like you know it, it the movie could have been totally different if it was like i don't know like slave <clears throat> labor or like using mm-hmm. them in scientific procedures or like trying to capture these people i mean like it could have been a very different different like movie if like even with basically the same plot but instead it's about like resource extraction i wish that they did not call the ore unobtainium i really wish that they would have called it no what i (laughs) no i like it and let me tell you why i was gonna say i knew gooey would like it (laughs) (laughs) because i want to like everything about it but no i I think no tell me why tell me why um because okay the main time you really hear that said and I'm, i'm sure other characters say it in the movie but when they introduce it it's by this fucking asshole played by Giovanni Ribisi. He's so good in this, but he's like, and this is another important part of it is that it's, he would call it that. You know what I mean? Like he named that right. for sure. Yeah. Unobtain- yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Unobtainium. You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> seems like something like this, uh, this head of this company, this total asshole would name it that. And yeah, I think that environmental thing, the the reason that I think it like I like it better than the average type of like environmental movie is that it does connect it to uh, capitalism, to, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, private corporations, the indigenous <laughs> world, you know, like, yeah, all, it, it's it shows that all of these things are connected and it's not just like. Oh, we got to beat the pollution guys because they're bad. You know what I mean? That's fine and all, but like it, this gets a little bit further. It talks about sort of like the incentive and, you know, even further that it's like just Giovanni Rubisi character is the one calling the shots the whole time. And, and like the military is like working for this, you know, private uh, company that's like an energy company right. or whatever they do. I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't know what they do, but they did say like at the beginning it says like <clears throat> these all all these guys used to be marines and no, now they're just like hired guns basically. So yeah. they're all like these like mercenaries who are out like on the far reaches of this planet to like whatever, make a buck. Exactly. Yeah. So I I don't know, that's why I like it. And I I think I don't know, I think the unobtainium works cuz 
Like, that's that's not what, you know, the Navi call it or whatever. That's just some, you know, like, that was probably the, f- the first asshole who saw it named it that. <laughs> I mean, listen, you're selling me on it. The thing, the thing that felt uh, that, I mean, apart from the obvious, but it just felt, uh, it felt like a last minute decision by the writer of the movie as opposed mm. to being like this is a like a careless like uh uh a reflection of how stupid these people are you know <laughs> like yeah, it, sure. it didn't yeah. seem like it reflected but but that's just listen that's just me I've, i was like god did they not think of like just a better name which as i was watching it and i was like okay i'm not even gonna write this down because like this is it, it's so clearly like such a choice that I'm like, why did they choose you, this? And no, I don't you gotta understand. Embrace it. You, know? you gotta embrace it. You know why? Because in the next movie, there's gonna be a character that's gonna go, uh, really? Unobtainium? You couldn't think of anything better? You know, like they're gonna <laughs> do like they're gonna have Chris Pratt come in and say that. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> Chris Pratt because oh my God. because of you specifically are on this podcast calling it cringe they're like oh <laughs> fuck like we have to point it out that it's cringe we know like we would never <laughs> accidentally do write something embarrassing you know <laughs> <laughs> but you could it's be so right you, you could totally be right i'm not saying that maybe it, there there was Listen, some but you know what's what's also weird that that you mentioned this though cuz i think it's only said once in the movie, like I I'm pretty so. sure, yeah. or maybe twice, and it's said. That's but also why it stood out because, like, if they had like big tanks that said like "unobtainium," whatever extractor, you know, or something, you, you would be like, okay, they're doing something with this, right? Like this is, but this there's, I should be paying attention to this because they're they're drawing attention to this, and it only <laughs> happened once in the movie with this fucking guy, who was great, by the way. I thought he was awesome. He was he was another one who I love to hate, but. The other, the the hot military guy, a hot old military <laughs> guy. I loved hating more. He but, was awesome, yeah. But the the corporate guy, they're never as sexy as the like the 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 seventy year old military guy yeah. with the slashes on his head. <laughs> the slashes, yeah. It looks almost like a video game character. Um, okay, more influences. Okay, in a, in addition to historical events such as European colonization of the Americas, his life experiences <laughs> and several of his unproduced projects. Uh, he also drew connections between Avatar and his previous films. He cited his script concept art for Xenogenesis, partially produced as a short film, um, mm. as being like some of the ideas for the visuals and stuff. Uh, but he also said Avatar's concept of a world mind, intelligence within nature, the idea of projecting force or consciousness using an avatar, colonization of alien planets, greedy corporate interests backed up by military force, the story of a seemingly weaker group prevailing over a technologically superior force, and the good scientists were all established uh, as reoccurring themes from his earlier films like Aliens, The Abyss, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Terminator, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and uh, he he mentioned some other specific things about it. But I, I like that, that it's not just inspired by every story you read as a kid or all these big not like ones that follow like similar things or all these adventure novels, but also every movie I've ever made. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like all encompassing. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's really just, he's just selling this or making it out, I think, in his own head as, like, the magnum opus, you know? He also said uh, there's aspects that he's inspired by. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, Hell yeah. Where mankind experiences evolution after meeting an alien life. Lawrence of Arabia, where an outsider encounters, immerses into a foreign culture, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, yeah, I mentioned, like, those adventure uh Novel novelist from before he he talked about a lot of uh like uh john carter is one of those mm. um he talked about the cyberpunk novels uh neuromancer by william gibson uh, uh some other cyberpunk novels um what else dances like the movies like they said uh dances with wolves uh ferngully mm. is another one he's inspired by the yeah, every, everyone book. everyone always uh including me, like, compares it to Ferngully. But in fairness, I don't even really remember Ferngully. They gotta I was going to rewatch it. And, like, a fog monster, I think. Pollution yeah, I remember monster. the fog monster. I remember There's the loggers. pollution monster. Okay, that's why. Um, but it's like everyone you know says, like, oh, it's kind hard of as the this? same Come plot. On. <laughs> I would not say that Ferngully whips ass. By no means I mean, does Ferngully whip good. ass. It's good. I'm not trying to knock it. Um, wow, sounds like you are, but... Oh, those adventure novelists. So John Carter and like Tarzan, he also mentioned. And, mm. and I, I sort of see what he's going for. Just sort of like I mentioned, like these John Carter and Tarzan are sort of these like larger than life figures, you know, and I think this movie yeah. has that feel about it all over the place. But OK, we're going to take it a step. Far- I OK, we're going to take it a step farther. Um, This is what I was talking about, where people will ask him and it'll be like, Sure. Uh, Cameron was asked about the meaning of the term avatar. Um, No, actually, this was his statement again. He was asked about it and he said, it's an incarnation of uh, it's an incarnation of one of the Hindu gods taking flesh form in this film. uh, What that means is that the human technology in the future is capable of injecting a human's intelligence into a remotely located body, a biological body. So he was even talking about... uh, uh, Hinduism, I guess. Whoa! <laughs> in, in I love this. this. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, we know he likes. Uh, we talk about cyberpunk. He likes manga. Obviously, he likes Battle Angel Alita, but he also referenced uh, Ghost oh, right. in the did Shell. He, did he, he he produce it? Yes, actually, he he was considering that for one of his next films. Then before he went to Avatar. But that was another film that he had been developing since the 90s. But then wow. he was working on uh, he was working. Then he was working on that on after Avatar. And I believe he stopped that to go do these Avatar sequels. And so Robert Rodriguez mm. kind of directed that movie. But a lot of like the visual elements and stuff were kind of pre conceived, I guess. You know, what I mean, it was it's sort of a weird situation. It kind of, it. I mean, the whole thing just reeks of James Cameron in a good way. <laughs> but when oh I saw God. it, I was like, dang. I have, okay, I have more. I forgot about these. These are, you're going to like this. Um, <laughs> the look of the Navi, the humanoids indigenous to Pandora, was inspired by a dream that Cameron's mother had <gasps> long oh before God. he started working on the movie. In her dream, she saw a blue-skinned woman, 12 feet tall, which she thought was kind of a cool image and he also said i just like blue it's a good color plus there's a connection to hindu deities which i like conceptually 
<laughs> I just like blue. <laughs> I, how does he know about his mom's dream? I mean, obviously she told him, but she told when you were him? saying this, I thought for sure you were going to be like a, a dream his mother had before he was even born. <laughs> that he also experienced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In his primordial memory. <laughs> this rocks. Um, and then in terms of, I mean, the love story in this, it's also kind of a, it's also a very classic love story, but um, he said it's in the tradition of Romeo and Juliet. And he said, although there's a similarity to Jack and Rose from Titanic, Titanic. Oh um, yeah, just coming from different cu- cultures and stuff like that, and like yeah, the... it's it's closer to that than than Romeo and Juliet. I feel like Romeo. Yeah. This is not at all like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like in that the in two its families. scale, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I think he he people also bring up Pocahontas, and he's like, uh, "Yep, that is also part of my inspiration." So that's what I <laughs> how I feel about like when people are like, "Oh, this is like this and this and this," is like, no, it's. It's everything. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I My favorite so far has been the dream that his mother had. <laughs> That's, That's so, so cool. awesome. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's an inspired movie. Yeah. As you can tell. Um. Oh, you know what? I have a... I have some more stuff that I pulled. Not inspirations, but I. it does speak to something else I, I I sort of mentioned maybe I was subconsciously thinking about but here's another quote from Cameron for the movie he said he wanted the movie to have be something that has a spoonful of sugar of all the action and adventure you like and all that but it also has a conscious um maybe in the enjoying of it makes you think a little bit about the way you act with nature and your fellow man uh the navi represents something that is our higher selves, our aspirational selves, what we would like to think we are. Um, and even though there are good humans within the film, the humans represent what we know to be the parts of ourselves that are trashing our world and maybe condemning ourselves to a mm-hmm. grim future. So that I do like that, that he, like, that's what I was saying before of, like, the spoonful of sugar, you know what I mean? Like, get people in the door. Obviously, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how effective this film actually is as like propaganda or whatever but you know it's a I think it's a very compelling attempt at it for sure yeah and I think that I mean this spoonful of sugar is uh I think that that's like because when when I when I hear it in terms of like as an action adventure movie like I think the action adventure fucking rocks like it's so cool that's part of what's so awesome about the movie the spoonful of sugar seems more about like Oh, seems like like familiar archetypes of characters and familiar settings and like all the and like you know, Sigourney Weaver. But like the actual like action is so cool and so awesome. Well, yeah, the third yeah. act of the movie is in- incredible. It's so good. That goes back to because he's someone who knows how to physically shoot action like with real people you know what i mean like and he understands like photography and how the images should connect to each other he can construct an action scene probably like in his sleep or whatever but uh yeah like you compare that to like like someone who's just thrown this project and it's like like they don't you know you can study that stuff but like I don't know. I, f- I feel like he he's got the sauce. I mean, even before, that's something that people maybe even unfairly malign like CG for. I think 
this movie is proof that it's like no you just have to have like commitment to what you're doing you know the craft and also maybe you know treat hopefully treat the people who are making it good you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i well, that's what i hope is <laughs> i hope is true yeah i mean like the whole thing feels so organic um mm. which is and i mean seeing it then i mean I, as i mentioned i'm not a, don't have a very discerning eye for this but like i like seeing the movie now feels like it could have come out yesterday it doesn't feel dated at all to me mm. um and part of that is because of again the like the archetypes and the the kind of plot and the themes that just feel like even more prevalent now than they were. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I also, cause they, you know, it didn't, it doesn't feel, it feels timely, but also sort of timeless. Um, but also like the yeah. visual effects are just so good. It doesn't feel like they're using like whiz bang techniques that like felt half baked, you know, like the whole thing is like the, the movie is made for these visual effects and, and yeah. it, it just, it really stands like, up. I think I, I could have just seen it yesterday weight to everything like in the action scenes you know there's it is like you know certain certain ones like there are certain uh people always like talk about the last fight scene in black panther i'm gonna bring it up been trying not to bring up black (laughs) panther but i'll do it for this because we're just talking about a fight scene but uh you know they talk about and and i think there was some uh recent interview you know about like the behind the scenes of that where someone was sort of talking about not that movie specifically, but what it's like. And so part of it is like, they just don't have the time, but like, also like you watch that scene and they're like, they're like floating around. Like they're, it's like, the, it's just, it's not, not, not just the look, but like the feel of it is off. You know what I mean? We talked about how an RRR, the, uh, was it a tiger they catch in the beginning? Like it, yeah. it's like definite yeah. CG tiger, but it, <clears throat> but it there's a weight to it and like it feels so good when you watch it. You yeah, know I mean? it feels not... so good to watch it. And it feels just like uh, and it's not just that it feels expensive. It just feels like they like that they that they weren't <clears throat> like, oh, well, I guess we'll use a CG because we can't do it any other way. You know, it feels like they were mm. like, this is the point, you know, like the point is that we yeah. can do things with this that we would <clears throat> never, ever be able to do without it. Mm. You know? Yeah, I think. I mean, we're all probably guilty of this a little bit, but people say we'll say like we're gonna talk about like uh, the new Top Gun, which is fucking awesome. And part of it is because they do do a lot of stuff of it. But people will say like, oh, yeah, like there's like no CG. And it's like, you know, that movie's like like 70 percent CG. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's, actually <laughs> yeah. there. He did say for this film, this was James Cameron's claim that this movie is 60 percent computer generated. 40% live action and there's some like miniatures was part of the quote too but uh <laughs> and a couple of minis <laughs> yeah but basically like I think that speaks to like yeah it's not this technology that's making things bad it's more of you know the utilization yeah I mean that's part of why it felt it, it's what what I thought was odd that it felt it reminded me of Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings of course has CG in it, but it's like so much of that was like miniatures and like just costumes uh, and stunts. And like that, it was the whole world wasn't like CG and the, and the care, you know, characters weren't for the most part, you know? And so it, it, I thought that I was like, what am I like putting my finger on here? And probably I was thinking of, I was clocking that it's maybe the same special <laughs> effects team, but, um, yep. but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it, but it has that same kind of, uh, 
chutzpah as something like Lord <laughs> of the Rings that just like really committed to like we're gonna have like scale doubles and we're gonna have you know Ian McKellen and Elijah Wood sitting 10 feet apart from each other but looking like they're next to each other you know it's that same level of commitment <laughs> um I mean yeah, Gollum absolutely. obviously is CG but but still I mean Gollum doesn't look as good like I wish that they would remaster those movies and just reanimate Gollum because he he I think that he looks dated in a way that stuff that Avatar does not yeah, I think I think it looks pretty good. I actually think that's one of the things he saw and that's why he contacted them of being like, "Okay, like I feel like we could actually make this work." I mean, yeah. it definitely I mean, listen, it, it was definitely great. doesn't. <laughs> Cuz it's also it, it 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 is maybe a little bit compared to this for sure. This I think is better. And then I think like, well they had Andy Circus, he did like the Caesar and like Planet of the Apes that looked really good. Um but it's it is sort of dated but also like like i was saying like there's not much that really looks better now <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah i mean i i like i think that there it it was right at the time where it like com- computer animation was like starting to get like really good so i think that like and that's part of what i mean is like they wouldn't need to like scrap it and do the whole thing but they could mm-hmm. just remaster this to like just make it a little bit like they could, they could make it even better and make it much more seamless because I do think that like and it it was such a choice to have like just one com- like computer animated character that was like a big character in two of the right. movies. I um, do think but anyway. like it's one that yeah we don't want to go on a Gollum tangent, but I will say like I think it's one thing too. <laughs> I've mentioned this a lot where it looks definitely of its time, but like. Uh, it's one where like I feel like you see the craft there and it's like even though it's like you'd maybe do this a different way now like even yeah. still watching it I think it's like a compelling image <laughs> you know what I mean like um, yeah it's nice to watch it's still really nice to watch and I um, I don't think that the, I think Lord of the Rings movies are flawless <laughs> I think they're yeah. so they're so good so you know if so, I'm gonna nitpick like this the, the texture of Gollum's skin okay like we're doing he's pretty, pretty well. he's a little too smooth maybe <laughs> he's that's a little a, too that's smooth. Part of his deal. That's part of his deal, I guess, though. He's kind of a smooth guy. <laughs> Hairless. <laughs> Poreless. Yeah. Um, okay, you mentioned another, just, it's sort of inspirations, but we talked about the politics of this. Um, but also going on at this time uh, was uh, the Iraq War. And this was also, like, uh, es- especially I feel like this became more of a thing in the Obama era of the Iraq war was the, um, mechanized warfare. Like I, you know, I think that's when like drones and stuff are sort of starting to be used. And, um, uh, he sort of had this idea of, I guess this is what everyone kind of goes for after this, but I feel like, um, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like he's really like someone who's actually trying to say something with it of just the idea of like, you know, we're kind of detached from this whole thing, this whole empire, you know, even uh, the people, like even the scientists in the movie, this isn't his quote, this is my interpretation, but even the scientists in the movie, like they have to know, but they also kind of like want to act like, you know, they want to feel good about it. You know, they like this, oh, this is us, just us learning, but it's like, you know who you're really working for in this sort of sense. Yeah. But it's that detachment. And he said, like, we know what it feels like to launch missiles but we don't know what it feels like to have them land on our home soil or whatever um 
And uh, yeah, I think that was pretty interesting. And then just tying into that stands out in the movie where uh, I guess it does call reference to a time where something like that sort of happened here or sort of happened. Something similar happened here in that the the Marines in this movie or whatever, the the military forces do do a 9-11 to their big sacred tree in the movie. And yeah. this is one where someone asked him like about the resemblance and Cameron said that he had been surprised at how much it did look like September 11th. Wow. <laughs> He's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> that isn't, I mean, it, I, I didn't notice. Fairness, I, in fairness, I like didn't notice it either. Actually. Um, like, oh my God. When it I happened, I thought this is you were one just of the like horrific 9/11. things I've ever seen in a film. And well, I thought is, it was, was horrific, the... but I just didn't think okay, of 9-11. Okay. I, it just had that, he used the term shock and awe, and I felt like it had that same sort of thing, which, like, now every movie has that. One, because it's an easy lever to pull, because so many people who that is in their lasting psychic memory, you know, but um, part of it, this is like an understatement of a lifetime, but when it happened, I was like, man, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it w- it was such a shocking scene seeing this tree fall over. I- it did not remind me of 9-11, and I don't know why. I mean, I- actually, I do know why. And I think it's because the way that the tree fell down, like, timber, kind of, oh. as opposed to, like, cr- crumbling from... <laughs> as opposed to crumbling from, like, the inside, and then just, like, uh, like collapsing down. And they're like, um, jet fuel. I think that's can't why melt tree yeah. roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it just is like, all right, we're just gonna chop this thing down with some laser beat. Whatever they, they weren't lasers. They were yeah. bombs. They were they were literal bombs and gas tear gas. Like it was so horrifying. It was one. It was it was incredibly horrifying. Although talking about like them seeming disconnected from like the warfare i feel like so many of the of the uh mercenaries in this movie were like just just like bloodthirsty like they like Mm -hmm. liked it and they wanted to do it and they were like ready to just like fucking mutilate people which i was like i was sort of shocked by that like it 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 seems like i don't know like i i guess i just like would think of like realistic (laughs) Uh, I was like, maybe people aren't like that, you know, but like, no, it's like the the whole movie there is like people like that. For so sure. many of them are like that. Not all of them. Obviously, Michelle Rodriguez is like the ones this, who get a real characterization are get to be good for the are part. good. Well, yeah. Other than yeah. the general or the colonel or whatever. You get some I wanted cool to I, I kind of wish I got more characterization from him. I kind of wanted a little bit more because I just just because mm. I liked him. Like I liked I was like, I could have used a colonel flashback or two. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm interested in, in what happened to you and why you are this way. But, like, there's no redemptive arc for him. It doesn't matter. But I like but, I, uh, I like it's just yeah. enough with him, I feel like. And we, like, there's just so much to him that you can feel beneath the surface. I think even just the design of yeah. his character, the claw marks and all that stuff is pretty cool, you know. And, and just it's a lot of little things like he he knows and he eventually he talks about how like all oh, this is an inevitability and all this stuff it's like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know you get you kind of get this guy he's uh 
he's bloodthirsty too, but just in a more uh-huh. interesting. Everyone else is just an extension of him, I guess. Is more how it how it should be, you know. But he's got a little more character. There's like another guy who's always there, who's like one of those assholes. But like, I, mean, I just like recognize his face, but I don't know anything about him. Yeah, yeah, totally. I know exactly the one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So do I mean? Yeah, we're not. We you know what the movie's about. We kind of talked about the themes of the movie. Um. It's I. You know what? This is a thing that's just funny, and I wanted to point it out. Uh, James Cameron only allowed uh, vegan food to be served on set for Stop it. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. What? That is unhinged, dude. This is the the quote on Wikipedia is to his personal convictions about climate change. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's what's going to uh-huh. do with his, like, the catering on this movie. Jesus Christ. Wow. I love it. Okay. It's cute. I'm glad to know. I love knowing that. Again, this is all method acting. The whole thing is method acting. Um, maybe not the plot or whatever, but is there like we should maybe hit on? I, we've talked about a lot of the characters, but uh, and sort of like the overall, you know, love story and the various lo- like types of stories in there. But like, um, I guess we didn't. We didn't really. We haven't really talked. There's been discussions all throughout the years about Sam Worthington as Jake Sully or whatever. Um, how did you feel about him in the movie? Him, the actor, the character or whatever. It's funny. Cause I didn't, I don't, I haven't heard much about like of all the things I've heard about this movie and read about it and heard opinions, him. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard much about here's, him at all. I didn't know who he was and I thought I did pretty good. One of, I didn't want to go into it too much, but one of the big talking points, because there was an article written about it and then people parroted it, was Avatar had, like, for what the most highest grossing movie ever made or whatever, people say it has no cultural impact. And I don't know what that means other than, like, it doesn't have a cinematic universe or, like, reaction gifts or something about it. Yeah. Because, like, I don't, I just, I honestly don't get that because otherwise it's like, you just said it there. It's one of the most, it's the highest grossing movie ever. It has a, like an attraction at a Disney theme park, like a whole, yeah. not an attraction, but a whole section. Anyway, I, I don't know. It doesn't mean money. I guess it means culturally, maybe people don't reference it. I don't know. I, I, I really don't get it because people did reference it. And then there had, there just yeah, hasn't like been sequels. Everyone knows. I think that's it. But with with this character people talk about Sam Worthington as an actor who and maybe this is true but they're like they just thought like this was like the next he could be well I think Cameron cast him because like he's sort of a blank slate I think he wanted um uh you know oh yeah he actually in the quote I had he said he had not done a major film he wanted to give him a quality that is real he wanted to seem like a real guy he didn't want it to be I think he did offer to Matt Damon, but I think otherwise <laughs> he was like what he liked about him was that it was just a guy. And I think a lot of people will criticize it at, like in in ties with the no cultural impact. And that is like, oh, this was like a guy who was supposed to be like the next big guy. And then like he's not in like a ton of movies or whatever. You know, he's not a big star or whatever. And uh, and then with this character, people say like, 
you can't even tell me the name of the main character in the movie. Like, how could he be memorable? People say that all the time. I think it's just because we have people like Darth Vader or something. But like most movies I watch, (laughs) I just call like the character like Jason Statham. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't remember anyone's name in the movies. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know, like, yeah, like, you don't call, you you just say, like, The Rock or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, I'm like, you know, or, like, the evil guy, the evil guy with the hot, the hot old guy. <laughs> and I think that's just, like, people, like, read that once, and now they think that's, like, an actual point, but I don't think it huh. is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone knows what Avatar is. I think that it, I think that it got kind of made fun of for being, like, uh, a tree hugging like blue people movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like i don't think that that is that's not the same thing as having no cultural impact i don't i don't know what that means disney obviously loves it it has its own theme park (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean i think that you're i think you're probably right just that like it didn't like skyrocket this dude's career it didn't like or he he chose to have it not skyrocket his career maybe i don't know what what else was he in Sam Worthington? I don't remember even yeah. what else I've seen him in. I know I've seen him in other movies, but... I've um, never seen that face in my life. I don't know who he is. Terminator Salvation. Clash of Hell Titans. Yeah. Well, the the also the part of this is, like, this is one of the last g- good blockbuster movies. So, like, I don't know. Like, there really aren't even a lot of, like, big stars after this. So, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's not his fault that I think people point out to it too, like a lot, like those other movies I named all were in 2009, 2010. So it was like, oh, he's in all these movies all at once that are these big blockbuster movies. But like, it, you know, it's not his fault, like Terminator, Salvation, and Clash of Titans. Yeah, come on. You know, like, what? what <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, and he's going to be in Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5, 11, whatever else. Yes. So in the, in the long game, he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, he's playing. This is, this is the tortoise and the hare situation here. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought he was great in this movie. Um, I, like, I think his character's story uh, is really good for a lot of reasons. Like, uh, it's not just that it's like, Oh, he, he like lost, it's not just like, cause part of his backstory is he lost his legs and like, then he kind of is re he's almost reborn. There's sort of this element of that, the, the Hindu nature of this, I guess, but he, he's sort of given this new life with them. And, you know, some people could take issue with that, but I think the key part about the, his character's story in this is that they actually have the ability to like on earth to help him with this to give him yes. new legs but he can't because of money <laughs> because it yes. costs money and they tempt him with that in this movie yeah that's a big part of that's a big plot point i i i don't know what people might not like about the leg thing to me i felt like this is like a really like this it seems like you're thinking of the plot. You're trying to think of like, okay, how does this fit? How does this fit? And then like thinking like, oh my God, what if like he like lost this, like he lost mobility and was injured in battle and he could Mm. get it fixed, but he doesn't have enough money, which means that then he's, he can be, um, 
strong-armed into doing something because he he wants the money and the access to that kind of health care but also he like obviously is falling in love with being an avatar because he has like the mobility that he doesn't have i mean to me it just like is a very like clean and like not contrived way of making yeah. the whole plot work like then, I, I thought it was like a beautiful addition to the plot that also makes me think again too of like the white savior thing is like I sort of like he's like a very personal like or like like he seems like a a guy like oh he seems like a cool guy but not like a lot of these movies are like they're the coolest I think of actually maybe this is a bad comparison uh but it's not like this is like uh like a lot of Steven Seagal movies where he's like he's like he's the coolest guy ever and he's like he's like an honorary uh Cherokee or whatever because he's so cool and he knows all their codes and and all this stuff and this I think it's different he's not the coolest guy ever he's like a normal guy who would be yeah in the military who's lost his brother and he's experiencing these things for the first time and he's actually kind of like while everyone else has like been sort of uh careful about this and studying this he just runs off and they and uh zoe saldana like points that out that he's you know he has like this big heart or whatever but he's kind of stupid you know and about and so it's sort of him having to like he's like has to be they call it they call him a baby in it he has to be literally reborn Mm -hmm. in the movie yeah and so that's why that's why i like it he's not like the coolest guy in the world you know Totally, totally. And I, it's it, it, it's also like he's poor. I mean, he's like poor. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the money to do this. The only reason he's there is because his brother died and he's taking his place because genetically he has to, you know? And, that, and so, you know, that I like is it. Why, I think it's cool. That is why, too, I think they're, whether you want to call it a god or whatever, their their entity, <laughs> the Awa, like gives her that message like I think you could easily just have that in a in a regular movie be like well obviously because he's the chosen one but it's there's actually a reason here and because it it there is the sci-fi like psychological thing it knows how everything thinks and feels or whatever or like it can feel that connection it knows him compared to everyone else who's come there has this unique perspective as opposed to everyone who's been brought there by like because they want to be there, you know, whether it's the good scientists or the evil military guys, he's specifically different. And it's not because he's like a special person. He's like a lot of people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's trying to escape also, you know, from he's, he's trying to escape from like this life of trauma, physical and emotional and like familial trauma. And, um, and it's like, uh, unlike all the other people, again, even the people who are, you know, seemingly well-meaning, like the other scientists, like, they're all going there to extract, right? To extract knowledge or resources or mm-hmm. even, like, there's, like, a funny kind of moment where Sigourney Weaver is, like, near death and she's like, oh, I should take some samples. Har, har, har. <laughs> but it's, like, that's the whole thing. It's, like, he's, he's like, trying to get, he's trying to, like, run away. He has no dog in the fight other than the carrot that they're dangling over him, which is like money to get his legs back on the home planet, you know? Yes. I, yeah, I totally agree. Where like, even 
even Sigourney Weaver's character, who is is good, and we like her for the most part. Like, it's like she is more a, a part of. She's more of a cog in that machine, you know. Yeah, and the other uh, like nerdy scientist dude who's like, I've studied the language for five years. Like he also like he has more of kind of this like. Uh, you could say he's ex- like sort of culturally extractive, right? He has kind of like an mm-hmm. orientalist view of the of the people, like anthropologically. Mm-hmm. Um, and like again, Jake Sully does not. He just doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have any of that context, and he's sort of like an outcast, right? Like he's not as good as his brother. He who's dead now. He, you know all this stuff. So, yeah, I think that it's it's not just about him being like oh the chosen one. It's that like, yeah, he's he. Uh, also, like, he has a reason and a motive to, like, not uh, not be a cog in this machine, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, he's already grappling with that as opposed, yeah, whereas the other guy, it's like, it's a job still, as, like, passionate mm-hmm. as he is about it, and I did like his character a lot, too. Um, that guy, I feel like he's in, like, comedy movies. <laughs> I, like, yeah. was trying to think of, like, I think he's in, like, Dodgeball or something, I was like, this oh, totally! Yeah. Yes, this well fucking cast. guy. Well cast. Yeah, he's 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 okay. He's okay in this, I guess. We talked um, about our villains, I think. Um, sorry, were you gonna hey, say something? Hey, wait. Do you know? Do you know why his name is Jake Sully? Because I want to know why he's named oh, that. Because because you thought is this kind of to be for I don't like it. I I was just joking, but I did say it rhymes with Fern Gully, but. It just seems like a really random name. Um, I think it's just like, again, it's just like a normal dude name. You know, it's like, like, he's your classic. Uh, what's the term? Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. He's like a Kyle. Kyle. He's a Justin. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that trope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just feel like there's gotta be something. I mean, this whole movie is so laden with like symbolism and influence. It seems like there would be a reason that he's named that Cameron said he wanted him to be the type of guy you would have a beer with and <laughs> Jake Sully um Jake Sully all right it is sure I, do, I, I mean do, that's fa- that's fair enough yeah there's no there's no information on it but I did like that was like I liked how they would call him Jake Sully someone <laughs> I mean I feel like that's been done before too but that's a great little touch I like um we talked about our villains. We kind of, and we kind of got into the implications of that, so we don't have to really go into it um, too much. But uh, and the actors were great. But someone I thought was going to be a villain, and I even liked her little turn, was Michelle Rodriguez. Um, I want to shout her out because she is a virtual theater legend, obviously, and so we got to bring yeah. her up. But when she showed uh, up, I was rocks. going nuts. I was messaging Andy. I was just saying to him like fuck i love michelle rodriguez like she's so cool in the movie um yes uh yeah and i love it's it's not much but i i love like first she turns away and then she comes and helps him and it's like a nice little arc for like kind of a character that doesn't really have much you know it's uh, it's a very i think she's got more of an arc than than some of the other characters like she's got a pretty uh like she's got more of an arc than the other scientist guy than more than the the, the the capitalist evil guy i mean I, one of my notes was michelle freaking rocks so hard every single time that's what i wrote <laughs> um but she 
uh, I mean, I don't know if this is... I couldn't quite tell. I think that she died at the end, and I was pissed at that, but I couldn't I, yes. quite tell. That was... I believe that was part of it, um, was they show, like, the sacrifice of, like, people on both sides. You know, they show... Um, what was what was the character's name? He was really good. Uh, but the other like Navi oh, guy like the, who was yeah. who was supposed to I think be married to he was going to be married or whatever to Zoe Saldana's character I think and I thought mm-hmm. that they could go like that that could be a tricky story but I I really liked his character and his sacrifice but it's not just him it was like. I mean, some of the humans, they, they die as an avatar, but then the one guy gets to still be human and stay behind, and that's fine. But I like, you know, they showed, like, Michelle Rodriguez kind of sacrificed herself and all this stuff, so. Yeah, I really liked that guy's character, the the the, the Navi guy. Because, again, uh, I, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be, like, they don't understand, and then he's mad because, like, he mated with his whatever, but... It it didn't turn out like that at all. It, tur- no. it turned out okay. Everyone behaved themselves. It's Everybody not about how like, he's had like, a nice. It's it's again too. It's not about how he has to like show he's better than him. It's it's just like it's about the two of them, uh, coming to res- like trust one another. You know. I thought that there would be more brought up about his brother, his dead brother, mm-hmm. but that was like only just a plot device to like get him into the Avatar. <laughs> Uh-huh. But I thought that they would maybe use bit, that more. It, I think it sort of added to he he has like no connection, no home, you know what I mean, and and it's it's part it's part of like his backstory. But I I don't think and it like informs his character. But I yeah like it's not like an element that comes up too much. But I do I do think it informs him like what yeah like where he's at in the beginning for sure. But when they're like flashing back to him. You see him in so many different haircuts in the movie but when they're flashing back, yeah. you know, you do think like, oh, maybe it's going to come up. But yeah, no, it's, you know, I think it's just, yeah, informs how he looks at the world, you know. Um, We talked about, well, we got another, well, you know, let's talk about Zoe Saldana. I feel like we're kind of doing her a disservice as well. Oh, yeah, we got um, we got it. We got to mention her at the very least. Um, And actually, this is one point i forgot that i was totally going to mention this this isn't a long episode i'm sorry but uh another way (laughs) it's a long movie it's a long movie it's a long episode (laughs) what's i think crucial here is that um he you know he he does you know he brings them stuff that helps them fight alongside he's definitely an important guy in the fight And, and obviously it's not just about like fighting that makes you like an important character but it's not just him saving them all it was i think it was him fighting side by side and i think her character is the best example of this because in the final fight scene uh it's the two of them versus the colonel you know and it's really actually her who like lays it all out but they present it as it's not just a love it's a love story of them and their two cultures coming together and you have that amazing moment where (laughs) she finds his human body you know and i see you and i'm like Oh my yeah. God. But it's this thing. I know. Of like, I love that part. The, the two of them represent like their cultures coming together and the two of them fighting at the end together is what sells it. So I, I think it is one you have to James Cameron wanted you to believe this romance. I think it's it's really great. And I think it's really important that her character is also there alongside everyone. She's not just like 
you know, oh man, okay, good luck, uh, guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, good luck out there. Yeah, I mean, I really liked that she was she was like a warrior, and it seems like there was, you know, not to like gender the movie, but like there, the, apart from the nipples, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and apart from the fact that it's not gay enough, but I do think that like yeah, the whole totally. thing is like it. It seems as though the um, the like whatever female and male characters like do the same stuff. They have like the same importance within the tribe. They do the same. Like it. It seems like there are female warriors. That there's a female like leader of the tribe. It just seems like oh, it's like kind of they're all doing the same stuff. And I I like was like great. That's it's like such a low bar. <laughs> it's like thank you. Like that was like very uh like that that I think like if that wasn't in there it wouldn't uh, everything that you're talking about like with these two characters like fighting because the whole like movie is like i don't know in a way it's about two cultures coming together but it's it's more of like a like a rejection of a toxic culture (laughs) even by the people within that culture you know and so like that is like um it's played out by her and i do love that she at the end like is the one who like finally final blow kills the colonel it's amazing <laughs> so um but yeah no i i mean i think and i think she was great it was it's so weird to like look up like oh right these are the these are the actors who play these blue characters because it, it of course looks like them but not not mm-hmm. enough that it's like immediately recognizable um so and i like really forgot that it was her compared to other people yeah yeah she did was this like her first big movie I think so, because, well, Ah. actually, Star Trek was the same year. Star Trek also came out in 2009, so she hit hit big in there. She's obviously probably in stuff before this, but, um, you know. Because she's been in all kinds of stuff now. She's more more well-known, I guess, but... Yeah, no, she's um, in... She's, well, she's good at being, uh, she's green in a... A Guardians of the Galaxy. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she likes to be not human colored. <laughs> She's probably like No sick flesh of that. colored. <laughs> yeah. She's probably like, please. Yeah, no, but she, she was great. I mean, it seemed like they really had some like, like you could feel the chemistry even th- through the CG. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and so you mentioned, I like you mentioned there are different roles. Like, because, yeah, what was the name? Um, Oh, the the spiritual leader. We talked about her already. I forgot her name at, at this point or like the pronunciation. But uh, I did like that. Like she was kind of the spiritual leader. And then the other guy was sort of uh, he was sort of like the head of like he was like head of operations. You know what I mean? And they, right. They right. Said, I was going to say he's like the administrative leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's the other uh, actor I wanted to point out uh, who Wes Studi plays the leader of the tribe, the elder leader and um, again, like the movies people are comparing this to uh, Wes Studi has played this archetype in other movies he has been in Dances with Wolves, Last of the Mohicans um, a, a bunch of other movies um, where actually I think I think a lot of people have praised movies where he doesn't have to just play this type of role, but he is really fucking good at it. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's an amazing actor uh, who's been in a million things, but we obviously have to shout him out because he played Sagat in the Street Fighter movie. Uh, oh, hell yeah. 
but he's uh yeah he's an extremely accomplished actor um who's still working today and yeah i mean he is kind of a i w- i don't want to say small role he's one of the major characters but you know what i mean like he's uh he's definitely a supporting character but he's he's amazing in this yeah there really are just like two principles the evil guy and everybody else is a supporting character, which I kind of liked, you know, like it felt like there were, were like Sigourney Weaver, I guess, was the most of a, a main character who wasn't a main she character. She was awesome but in this also, by the way. She just rocks. I just love her so her en- much. Her ending was like, oh, and she's coming back for the future movies, but not as this character or something, because yeah, that's I'm kind excited of a powerful about that. thing, too, actually, because you do see she's like return to Awa or whatever, you know, and like maybe she's reborn, like literally, you know, I guess that's how they leave it with Jake too, is that they are sort of like transferring him into this other body or whatever. But uh, yeah, that'll, that, that theme will carry over with her, her in future movies, which I think is awesome. Uh, and I actually think her character's name uh they they had to change uh because i think it, it uh originally like her last character's last name rhymed with ripley i think it was oh well yeah that can't do and they were like <laughs> it was like shipley or something and and like i don't think oh yeah they like wrote it with her in mind but then they cast her uh and he was like oh shoot i got to change this but obviously yeah she's yeah yeah you, you worth... can't have ripley and shipley <laughs> But obviously her and Cameron, they got the history. She's awesome. One of our greatest stars. And she's awesome in this movie. She smokes cigarettes, uh, which you don't get to see in movies anymore. So I know. I love that. I <laughs> just love her. that about her. <laughs> she rocks so hard. I saw her on the street recently. That was pretty cool. Whoa. Um, she, she, looks, she just looks as good as ever. And unmistakably Amazing. her. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's just so cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, wrapping this up, uh, we all know highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, actually, uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame overtook it, but then a Chinese re-release of Av- Avatar uh, in recent, like I think last year, uh, put it back on top in March of 2021. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, so it's still the number <laughs> I one. I didn't know that. I didn't and, know that. That's so funny. Yes, it's number one. Unless you, I think, adjusting for inflation, I think, uh, uh, was it Gone with the Wind <laughs> is number one? Like, oh, sick. Because of ticket <laughs> prices and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, right. otherwise, yeah, that's that's a real record. Um, nominated for nine Academy Awards, I guess, if you think that matters. It won three for Best Art Direction, Cinematography, and Visual Effects. Um you know, regardless of how you feel about that, it definitely uh, deserved to get awarded something for it. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, we didn't really talk about it much, but then that was like, it was like a big uh, 3D movie at the time, and it kind of kicked that off. But um, I don't know. Like, I, it's one of the I've seen a few 3D movies that have been like kind of cool, but overall, like, it just it feels like an afterthought. But in this movie... I guess I didn't watch it this time, but I remember in the theaters feeling like, oh, this is like, like, you can really see what they're going for here. It it works without it, but like, I think it is like, it's actually impressive. (laughs) It's just like an impressive technical uh, 
uh, thing watching, actually watching it compared to other ones where it's just like, yeah, I guess, I guess it's in 3D. <laughs> it's funny because it's in 3D, but it doesn't, that's not a gimmick at all. Like the, I, I completely forgot mm-hmm. until you just said this, that it was in 3D at all. I don't know if I saw it in 3D. I was in South Dakota, so I could have maybe, <laughs> I don't know if they had that technology available. <laughs> but There's um, just a lot of depth I, to it in general, and you can yeah, see that. Like, but it doesn't that, feel gimmicky, you know? Yeah, there's a couple moments of like, oh, slide the screen right in front of you, you know? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, even now watching it 3D, I was like, oh, calm down. And they slide those like crazy screens <laughs> around. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but you can see like all the layers, like even in the regular film, uh, it feels like, I don't know, it does have like a sense of depth, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm so stoked for the next movie. Yes, we'll do it. Um, We'll do it contemporary with its release, probably if we're still doing this. So. Uh, yeah, and why we not? Well, it's coming out in December. December, so yeah. Not too far away. And there's three uh, other sequels uh, as well. And I think, uh, I think two of the f- two of them have uh, finished like the actual like filming, mm. like the yeah the principal filming. It says so. Twenty twenty two this year, twenty twenty four we've got for Avatar three, uh, Avatar four, twenty twenty six. Are we even going to be alive in 2028 I was gonna say, for Avatar I, I can't be, 6 or whatever? <laughs> I can't be planning ahead to 2028, man. <laughs> oh, that's wow. funny. I I uh I I mean I like that there are sequels. That's cool. Um I I it feels like, you know, over f- franchisey in a way, but this is again the, the Disney-fied thing that I you know, hope doesn't happen. I hope that Sigourney Weaver's still smoking. I know she won't be. I wish that there were nipples. I wish that they were big slugs. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but as big is, slugs. I mean, I still, th- <laughs> I think it's great. I wish that they'd put the tail sex scene back in. I stand by that. But otherwise, I mean, I, I just, I, I do, I've now come around to what you've said, which is if anyone can hold their own against being totally Disney-fied. It's James Cameron. So I, yeah. I, I've got, I've got some higher hopes than I did before this. Yeah, I made the comparison. I think he's like the king of movies, and not because he's the greatest like filmmaker or whatever alive. There's plenty of other people you could attribute that to, but he's the greatest at doing this thing that has such wide appeal while still being a real. I don't want to say real movie, but you know what I mean. Anyway, he's, and I feel like he's at the gates, <laughs> keeping the barbarians down. But once, <laughs> like, and he's got, you know, like, there's like all these dukes or whatever, probably filmmakers that uh, he would res- say you should respect more than him, probably too. But you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's like the last one that I feel like really has some sway and there's other people who have a little bit of sway there's definitely certain he's not the only good filmmaker he's you know that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying like yeah i feel like if if he's compromised then what hope is there you know (laughs) yeah yeah then then we have been breached (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really looking. I, I'm now like, oh man, there's got to be another trailer sometime. You know, like I'm like really looking forward to it. So I'm gonna go and watch the trailer so, yeah. right after we're done recording now too, because I'm yeah, I'm do just it. Excited. <sighs> and if anyone's listening to this still, <laughs> you should watch. You should go on YouTube and watch the making of Avatar because that was also pretty awesome. I watched it deliriously last night afterwards and kind of fell asleep, but it was it was really nice. And really cool. So you what should you, also watch that. What do you got to search to get the, the sex scene? Oh, the sex? Oh, I just Googled... Avatar uh, tail. Ta- ha- yeah, <laughs> exactly what you would think. Hair, sex scene, avatar, removed. Mm. And then there's like a 40-second clip on YouTube and you can find it. So, But you should also watch that because it's three seconds of the movie that <laughs> should not have been cut. Damn it. <laughs> what I'm... Uh, I've what I'm hoping for is this sequel comes out and it, it maintains its current level of like criticism of American empire while also being like this major, you know what I mean? Like being this major product or whatever, but you will, I, I hope it maintains that, but then you still have people going like James Cameron has gone woke (laughs) or something, you know what I mean? Like this is the movie that does it. Because I'm sure that will happen. Oh, they're definitely they're definitely going to <laughs> like just it, so much has changed in the past like 12 years or whatever. Like I I just I wonder I wonder how it will be, you know how it will be received, right? Like because I think that like I don't know I think that the like white savior uh, criticisms of it like are harder to maybe. Uh, sweep under the rug just in terms of like social media and stuff um, mm-hmm. and like press. I, I don't know. I, so I, I wonder, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe there will be some kind, maybe the plot will just avoid that. Like they should avoid nipples and won't, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> there's, there's going to be takes know. coming from all angles and we're just going to try yeah. to have like a normal discussion about the movie. I'm going to just try to have a good time, man. I'm just going to try to have a good time. Like I did <laughs> watching this and talking about it with you. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> well, um, anything else you want to say before we get going? I don't think so. I think we, yeah, I, I think, think we, I've said my piece. If you want to know what happens, go actually watch it or just read the plot summary. But you know what happens. You've <laughs> but you seen, should watch it. You've you, seen Fern You've Gully. seen it. <laughs> you you can guess what happens. We talked about the tree. We talked about some deaths. You know, <laughs> it's 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 good. It's, it's all good. good. Go watch it. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. With that, um, well, you know what? We 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 decided we're sticking. We're gonna stick to um, our schedule. We want to do and not do. Uh, just putting in people who've died <laughs> movies and stuff like that or like hot topic movies we can watch later because just uh, I don't know so many we've actually over the past month lost so many great actors and just yeah, didn't, don't want this yeah. to be the parade of death show but uh, <laughs> parade of death <laughs> there have been yeah, a no lot we don't of want that phenomenal actors that we've lost this past month or two um, but we're gonna we're just gonna stick with our schedule and if we think of cool movies we're gonna end up to the end of of the queue but uh the next one we had in mind was one you suggested and i don't really know much about do you want to tell people what we're gonna do next oh are you talking about um the classic drag queen movie tu wong fu yes 
That's our next planned <laughs> I, movie. I've listen. I've never seen it either, but I've been really wanting to watch it. It has uh, John Leguizamo and Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze as drag queens. I just think it can't not whip ass. But listen, we'll see. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But Look, I I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it. <laughs> we're taking a chance on it. If it's a movie from the '90s with any of the three people you made mentioned alone, it has like a 90% chance of whipping ass. But also, if it doesn't, um, that's cool too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it'll be interesting discussion no matter what. So, amen. All right. Well, with that, you know, thanks everyone for popping into this one, and we will see you all next month. Yes, take care. Stay cool, everyone. Stay cool. Walking through a dream, I see you. My light and darkness, breathing hope of new 